Madera Companies, welcome back to Touch Base. Uh, I'm Josh Haynes, and I'm the Director of People Development. If you're new to us, we have all sorts of new employees. I feel like I'm seeing new names all the time, and so if you have just joined us over the last little bit, it's great to have you. Uh, we're in the middle of our actually fifth season of Touch Base, and so one of the things we're going to do, we're going to take a break from our typical kind of movement that we've had. Uh, we've been talking through this theme of community and what it means to work together and how our departments overlap, how we do things together, how we care for one another. And, and I'm going to invite a voice from outside the Madeira companies in to join us because uh, it's always great to hear from experts and then especially people like uh, Dr. Kathy Crockett, who's joining us today. She is a, a business executive coach. She is a leadership coach. She's been a professor, a mom. I, have, I know you have a wealth of expertise to share with us and different things that you're doing. Kathy's been working with many of our executives uh, across our companies and, and really just doing some leadership development. And we felt like uh, the information that you're giving them uh, was of such great value that we really just wanted to share it with everybody. So first, I just want to welcome you to Touch Base to well, your thanks, first episode. Josh. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And so uh, as we jump in, we kind of always do this a little bit, especially with folks who are, are, are new to us. But like, give us a little bit of a bio, a little bit about yourself, and then you know, anything you want to share? Sure. Well, my husband teases me because I'm an Aggie, so I did go to Texas A&M, and when I taught my college classes, I usually would start with that. I said, so everything from now on, maybe you could blame it on that, that yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Texas Aggie. <laughs> so I went to A&M and actually grew up in Lubbock. My mom was a professor at Texas Tech and went off to A&M and never was coming back to Lubbock. And it was just interesting how I came back to Lubbock, and mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did, because that's yeah. where I met my husband. I have two children, once married, and um, finished my graduate work at Tech, and I worked at LC you for about 22 years as a professor and currently I'm an adjunct professor with Abilene Christian University still teaching business mm -hmm. just love college students and being yeah. in that world yet also all along the way I was doing consulting work with yeah. leaders and leadership and corporations would have me come in and do trainings and they would be asking me ideas of how to develop their people and leadership is definitely my favorite thing to get to teach and to engage in yeah. and so it's interesting that after 22 years I retired from full-time teaching and have mm -hmm. really leaned more into this work that I'm doing now with leaders yeah and, and you do a variety of consultations. You do a variety of even like the ways in which you engage different groups. I'd be interested in hearing a little bit about like just some of the creative ways you interact with those teams. Well, I, I do a variety of things. You're right. So executive coaching. I mm -hmm. love the one-on-ones. I really do enjoy that. Yet I also have some programs called the Lead Well Program. And okay. I really enjoy watching leaders engage with each other and learn from each other, sharpen each other. Mm -hmm. And so I had these groups where 12 leaders. We get together one afternoon a month for six months and we keep it to 12 people and they bring case studies, real world problems, and we kind of serve as a board of directors for each other. Wow. And we unpack problems and I've, I've noticed, it's kind of a funny thing, that it's really fun to sink your teeth into a big juicy problem, especially when it's not yours. And so <laughs> that's kind of been a really interesting dynamic that oh, has been really good and we all grow together. And so yeah. I have three of those groups going now, about 40 leaders in those programs right now. Mm -hmm. And then I also do trainings, like they, allowed me to come in and speak to some of the VPs, the training for corporations. And so I love that group too, because yeah. it's a specific company. They're all in it together. They mm. all have common values. They have a mission statement they're running after. They have leaders that they're following and a vision that they've really caught on to and choosing to work for an organization. So I really enjoy doing those types of engagements as well. Mm. And you might find me pulling out Play-Doh and toothpaste and peanut butter and things like that. All the things to keep my students awake after lunch really work well in yeah. those corporate trainings too. So mm -hmm. 
I very much want it to be engaging, interactive, really take advantage of the wisdom in the room to get to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's just some variety of ways that I get to work with leaders. Yeah, and and then and part of what you do, and this is one of the things I, I really appreciate about you, is you don't do, you, you more than not, most of the time, you're not doing any type of canned training. You are customizing for your people. And so... Yes. Talk me through that process a little bit on how you customize. What questions are you asking? How, how does that process work? A lot of the times I do a lot of listening. Okay. And I come in and I, they say, well, hey, what's your rate for this, this, and this? I said, well, can we meet and let's talk? And I just listen. And mm-hmm. I listen for the pain points. I listen mm-hmm. for the problem they're trying to solve. I fully recognize that budgets are a thing. And I don't want them to yeah. spend one penny on something that's not going to create value and give them some traction and some actionable items that they can go after. Yeah. And so then I kind of pull different pieces of the puzzle out. I kind of skim the top off of different programs that I've had in the past. And I think, oh, well, this puzzle piece will fit here. This puzzle piece will fit there. And pretty soon I've got a puzzle put together for mm-hmm. an organization. And then I'll show it to them. And then they get to give feedback. Yeah. And I'm very open to feedback to say, okay, does this fit? Does this fit? I also typically, uh, after every training, will have a feedback form. Okay. And so I get immediate feedback to say, okay, if you want me to come back next quarter, what do we want to tweak? What do you want to change? How do you want to do it a little differently? Mm-hmm. And so I'm very much want to have a teachable spirit to try as yeah. quickly as possible to learn as much as I can about the organization or the individual on a personal level and professional mm-hmm. level to really make sure that what they're getting is a unique customized product, not like you said, a can training that I've done a thousand times. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that too, not just because you've customized so many things for our folks and for our leaders here, but I think it speaks to your character and who you are, that people's individual stories and the company's individual journey matters as much as it does to you. Let's talk about this pain point perspective a little bit, because I think we all know, uh, you know, one of the conversations you've been having with our leaders is about about tension and conflict and some of the stuff that just kind of comes with that. Uh, we've got people who seem like they are con- conflict averse in every situation <laughs> on one end of the spectrum, all the, all the way to the other end where it's like sometimes it seems like we find people who are just, they're like looking for conflict. And then there's maybe the rest of us somewhere in between on that spectrum. But, you know, one, one tell me a little bit about how you define tension and kind of like what that looks like, just so we're kind of all speaking the same language here. Well, I brought a little object lesson. So a rubber band, I think we all can appreciate a rubber band has tension in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to squeeze it, you know, pull too tight because then I'm going to pop you in the eye, right? <laughs> and so you don't want to squeeze, pull on the tension too hard because mm-hmm. things will break. Right. Yet if there's not enough tension, if the rubber band's whole job is to hold things together, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to get things done. You're trying. It has a job. Yeah. A job that a rubber band has been hired to do is to hold together pieces and parts of different things. Maybe you went on vacation and you have a lot of mail and you need all that mail to be held in a good, healthy way. So yeah. again, the tension doesn't break because again, if the rubber band isn't strong enough to hold it together, there's too much tension, mm-hmm. then everything falls out and it breaks. Yeah. If you don't have enough tension, it's also going to fall out because it has to be, you know, have enough tension to mm-hmm. hold it together. And so there's this interesting dynamic with tension, especially when you're talking about conflict, because most often what I see a lot of times, there's lots of different places conflict can show up, hundreds of places probably. And it has a lot to do with this idea of tension. Mm -hmm. When tension actually becomes too much and it turns into friction, that's where you see a lot of conflict. That's where you see sparks flying. That's where you see maybe people getting burned. That's maybe where you see people getting hurt even Mm -hmm. or burned out or just being done. 
And so I like to think that this idea of this tension between results and relationships, okay. that's really where it starts. And I think all the other ways that tension shows up are kind of fall under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. Because in an organization, especially one like Madeira with the values that you have, yeah. you're very much about people first. I think it says it on your website, people first, relationships mm -hmm. matter. We care about how we get the work done. It's not enough to get results. Right. It matters how we get results. Yeah, and I appreciate the way you said that. You know, one of the things, and you have, you know, I've talked about this in the past, where I've gotten a chance to to go visit and spend some time, whether it be with different uh, managers or, or properties or whatever, and we kind of talk about that culture of appreciation and the culture of excellence and how you can have both. And I think, I think that's the thing, right? Like in this in this in this journey of results and relationships. Oftentimes, people feel like we're having to make this either-or pick. How do you help, or or how do you advise, or how do you, however I need to phrase this question? But how do we do both, where you you get to honor both at the same level of commitment? Mm -hmm. Well, again, I'm going to pick up this rubber band, right? So. They're different, I actually have two different rubber bands. One's a little thicker and it's white, has a different color, it has a different strength, it stretches a little different. And then there's this one that may be not quite as thick and has a different way that it can flex in the different ways. And so I think for a leader, you wanna, I like to use the example of chess and checkers. Okay. Checkers is a great game. You have fun playing it, there's a strategy involved. Yet you know with chess, it's a little mm -hmm. more strategic. The games are very similar, two teams, same board, mm -hmm. same playing field. Yet, as a leader, often, you're asked to be a chess player, not a checkers player. Yeah. And what I mean by that, in chess, the, the pieces move differently. They don't all move the same. Mm -hmm. Every day's not the same. Every situation that comes up isn't the same. And so leaders have to have the ability to be adaptable, to be able to know, okay, the sweet spot of the tension was this way yesterday mm -hmm. in this context, in this meeting, but you know what? Today, in this meeting with this other project, it's gonna feel differently. And sometimes that has to do with deadlines. Sometimes that has to do with personalities. Sometimes mm -hmm. that has to do with role clarity. For example, you wanna ask yourself often, what is my role in this situation? For example, as my kids got bigger, um, I, it changed. You know, when you have toddlers, you might give instructions differently. Your role as a parent might be a lot different than when they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. Your role shifts. Yeah. You're still the parent, your title has not shifted. But the role you're playing in their lives has shifted. They have more mm -hmm. voices, they have coaches, they have teachers, they have other people in their lives influencing them. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, you're kind of adjusting that sweet spot of relationship and results, relationship and results. And so I had someone ask me recently, a leader say, well, is the sweet spot like right in the middle, like perfectly in the middle? you know, like balanced. And I said, well, isn't that a funny word, balance? Mm -hmm. I said, it actually isn't necessarily about balance because sometimes you might intentionally lead into results. For example, if you have a really big deadline, you have an unexpected crisis that popped up, you yeah. had something that came up that you didn't expect, you might have to lean more into results to get mm -hmm. it solved, to meet the deadline, you know, follow through on what you said you would do. Whereas yeah. other times, you know that maybe a mistake has been made, but it's a mistake that they were trying something new. They were on the learning curve. You actually want them to make mistakes and try yeah. new things, not to play it so safe that they're not taking any risk. Mm -hmm. Then you might lean more into relationship because any high performer, which I've learned meeting more and more people at Madeira, everyone cares about this company deeply. Everyone wants to do a good job. All so talented high performers. And if you're a high performing person and you have high expectations of yourself, when you make a mistake, no one's going to be harder on you than yourself. Sure. And so in that case, as a leader, you actually want to be more relational with them. Mm -hmm. Tell them, this is exactly what I expected. There are going to be some mistakes. Let's figure yeah. it out together. 
And so this idea of how do you figure out the sweet spot? Well, I think it has a lot to do with your values. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the values of Kenai, you have the values of community, you have the values of Christ. Well, you lean into those values. They yeah. kind of inform you of how do you show up in those different situations. I think a lot has to do with having enough energy, having enough space to be able to show up well as a leader. I know it's hard when you feel like a lot of the time you're drinking from a fire hose because everybody has a lot of responsibility. Yet this idea of results and relationships is to remember when you're kind of maybe feeling overwhelmed and you're like, mm -hmm. we're going to miss the deadline and you just maybe want to just unleash on someone for not performing like you expected them to, or maybe they didn't follow through like it had been expected. They kind of let the results drop. Mm -hmm. You might want to really just come at them, but you remember, no, our values are can I, our values are community, our values. So it matters how you come at those situations. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically the way that you said that kind of sparked me with some of the different thoughts when we, with our different companies, how they might need to lean into the results side of things, right? I mean, occupancy matters. It, um, occupancy matters, right? Uh, budgets matter. Uh, when you're in a startup, uh, getting new products out matters and, and, and hitting timeframes that, that we've set. Uh, when you, when you're looking at, you know, things like select title in our title industry, you know, uh, where with interest rates and all the crazy stuff that's going on with that, like results still matter. And yet in the midst of all of those things, like you're saying, you, you have people, real people with real stories, uh, with real families and real relationships who are there. Um, and at times you're, pushing towards the results and and i think sometimes like you're saying the, the greatest motivator may not actually be the results it may be the relationship uh, that gets people there and kind of kind of asking and, and walking through that even as you discern yourself um, i'm interested uh, I, as, as you were talking too i also thought about this i think a lot of times we end up struggling to ask what is needed of me in this situation because we live in the urgent and we live anxiously so I'd, I'd love to hear what you kind of, how you help leaders and just any of us kind of step back and, and really kind of navigate. And man, am I being driven by anxiety in this? Am I thinking clearly? Like what kind of, what else do you maybe help people with in, in those thoughts? Well, it's a whole, it's a probably a half day training, but yeah. this idea of, <laughs> but it touches on something called conversational intelligence, which is a piece of emotional intelligence. Okay. And what's interesting is that we think, often we think about these conversations and how I'm gonna to talk to someone is all in our head, mm -hmm. that it's just in our thoughts. Yet there's a lot of biology in it. Yeah. For example, if you're in fear that you're in trouble, like I actually asked a group of leaders recently, I said, okay, your boss has said, hey, I need to see you in my office, can you swing by? What is your first thought? And there was probably about 20 people in the room and they were all like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Immediately they went to, oh great, I'm yeah. going to the principal's office. Yeah. Because of school, yeah. right? Someone in yeah. authority has asked me to come by their office. We immediately go to the negative. Mm -hmm. We immediately start telling ourselves the story of, oh no, what's wrong? Because nobody thinks the first thing they think is, oh great, I'm going to get a raise. I'm sure that's why they want to <laughs> see me. Usually it's the negative. Yeah. And so when you have fear and judgment going on inside of you with guessing of what it might be, mm. cortisol starts pumping. And when mm -hmm. Cortisol starts pumping in your biology, you kind of armor up and get in this threat response. You're preparing, bracing for impact of something awful mm. that's coming, which actually cuts you off from the ability to think creatively, yeah. to be in curiosity mode, to be in relationship mode. Mm -hmm. You get in results mode and almost like tension, and the tension turns into friction. Yeah. Whereas if you can start asking yourself questions and stay curious, stay in curiosity, mm. I wonder why he wants to meet with me. Hmm, this will be interesting. 
then it allows you to have this creative capacity to use. So if you have two leaders coming that are both trying to get to result, and maybe they have a different idea of how they want that result to end, they'll both come in almost with this armored up attitude or strategy of I've got to get my way or I don't understand what they're doing and that's wrong and Mm -hmm. they're not understanding me and so then it starts escalating right and so that's where the friction starts kicking in and then both of them start getting defensive and then it keeps either one from being a creative a way to think creatively think rationally even you're just like ah I just don't like the way and you also and your biology is showing up in that I don't know if you would know yourself well enough Josh I'm curious I'll ask you a question so if hey, whoa, I'm supposed to ask yes, the questions. Yes, so no, good. I'm just kidding. Keep so going. if you're in a situation where you're feeling like, ooh, this conversation isn't going like I thought it might, or you feel something's kind of the term is maybe it's going sideways a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's going in a different direction and you're feeling threatened. I'm just curious, do you ever notice anything in your physical body that's happening in that moment before maybe you even consciously have realized that something's not quite right. So, so it's funny you asked me that question. And the first thought I have, and somebody you know, one of my very first mentors uh, was Steve Joyner. Oh, yes. And so, and Steve, you know, left LCU to go basically run a conflict management group. Uh, and, and one of the things Steve used to always talk about was uh, sit in a relaxing position mm. because it allows you to physically sit in a way that you feel comfortable, especially mm-hmm. when you are uh, in, a, in a conversation that, that could turn heated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that allows your body to slow down mm-hmm. that tension that's coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that as a 19 year old. And so I will, I will never be able to like not remember that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if, if you see me in a, a tense conversation and I lean back and cross my legs, <laughs> it's me trying to like tell sure. myself, calm, be curious to use your language. Uh, look for the creative solution uh, where you can win the relationship and not the fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the language I've used with with our company here, our companies here. And is, is you know you the goal is to win the relationship, not the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you win the relationship, you're going to find the solution that you need. You will uh, going forward. You will even with yourself, which is yeah. interesting. So it's not yeah. always even. Do you ever negotiate with yourself or have conflict within yourself? There's so a it's con- even constant <laughs> inner monologue taking <laughs> totally. place. Totally, we all have yeah. that, right? And so right. when you have your own internal conflict tied with maybe potential conflict of the person, it mm-hmm. just is again kind of starts gearing up all the the neurochemistry and all the chemicals in your body. And so I love that you, there's something in you that knows that you can tell and your, your response is, I need to lean back. Mm-hmm. For me, when I um, can tell is my heart starts pounding a little harder. Okay. And it starts, and I'm like, why is my heart pounding? And it's like a clue, <laughs> oh, something must not be quite what I think. Yeah. Or sometimes my mouth might get dry. Some people have told me, this one leader, she goes, it's really embarrassing, but I get kind of sweaty and I just am embarrassed. And But that's like your body actually yeah. will tell you before your consciousness will. Mm-hmm. All that's showing up. Yeah. And so if there's, when that you start feeling that, again, like you said, you're asking questions. Mm-hmm. You're trying to stay curious because if you're wanting to have this idea of relationship showing up well and not only task mode, not only mm-hmm. about results, not only the bottom line, you're playing a longer game. Yeah. And that's why I love what you said. It's not necessarily about winning today's fight. It's about the relationship. Because typically, when you have a relationship, you have trust. Mm-hmm. And when you have trust, you can get so much more done, much more quickly, 
much more easily. But trust is hard won. It's yeah. hard fought. Yeah. So you want to really be mindful of what does that look like? And there are times that you intentionally do lean into results because that's why this company exists. That's, exact, that's right. That's You're right. doing hard things. I love that Dave mm-hmm. Gillis in this training said, we're trying to do some really hard things, things that other companies have not figured out how to do. Mm-hmm. Madeira is plowing hard new ground that has mm-hmm. never been plowed before. And when you're, my son-in-law is a farmer, and so when you're plowing a new field, there's who knows what's going to come up. There's going to be rocks and debris and maybe concrete. There's all kinds of unknowns under that soil that you're digging up mm-hmm. that could put all kinds of obstacles in the way. Yeah. So you have a result of, I want to get this done today, but the, the reality is it's going to be maybe a little harder than you think. So how do I still hold people accountable in relationship, yet address these kind of fires that pop up? And I think that's where you want to pour into relationships with people as much as you can. So that when there are the times that the lightning bolts need to strike, the total all out, full out sprint for results happens, you don't have maybe time to invest in relationships as much as you might like. You might have to be a little direct. Mm -hmm. You might have to be a little less patient because you don't have the luxury of giving them longer time to figure it out. The relationship will survive it if you've poured into the relationship in other times. That's exactly what I was just thinking. I was just thinking if if you've done the legwork before that into the relationship, then there's this trusted bank for the other person to draw from and know we're in this kind of really hard push right now, but I know them and I know how they care for people. And so I trust in this moment, we're going for the right things. Yes. We're headed for and the also right just stuff. remember we're all human beings. Yeah. And so I like to give this idea of give grace first sometimes. Mm. Well, I hope all the time yet grace doesn't mean that you get a free pass. It's still holding people accountable yet. I try to think, okay, my boss just had, man, he was kind of barking. He just kind of yelled at me. <laughs> He was so direct. How about, hey, how are you? For, before you jump right into, have you gotten it done? Yet, if I know that most of the time they're very relational and that one day they're having a bad day or they're under unusual stress mm-hmm. or there is a deadline that's breathing down their neck that we've got to get done, I can give grace in that. And I'm yeah. not going to get tripped up in that to think, oh, well, who do they think? Well, I don't know if I need to work here anymore. That mm-hmm. just didn't. It, you don't have those thoughts. You're like, okay, man, this is he's legit. We got to get this done because even he is a little stressed and a little short. He rarely is that way. And so you want to just be mindful of what is your, you want your norm to be relational and a a nice balance of both. But know that there's sometimes you're going to have to lean into the results. It's just reality of the hard things you're doing. Yet the other times you also want to celebrate when you get through those hard things, Mm. don't go jump right into the next hard thing. Pause. Even if it's for five minutes, give each other fist bumps. Way to go. We did it. We got it done. And celebrate together and be mindful of everyone who helped you celebrate Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes you have a lot of support functions in this company. Sometimes the support people helped you get there, but they don't get to be in those meetings where you get to celebrate. Try to remember those folks too and say, hey, just so you know, I know it might not have felt a lot, but the fact that you picked up the phone and you just answered this one clarifying question helped us get down the road a little further. Mm-hmm. It mattered. We want you yeah. celebrate. You were part of this. You should feel a part of this. Yeah. And that mat- that's relationship building, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of results and relationship. If you're pushing so hard on results all the time, you're going to burn people out mm-hmm. and you're going to have lots of turnover. And I think everyone, you're in HR, you know turnover is expensive. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have to retrain someone, perhaps. It happens, and natural growth happens. Yet you don't want it to be because you've worn someone out so bad because you never had the capacity to see them as a human being and be relational with them. So sometimes people think, well, if I'm not getting results, if I'm doing a relationship, I'm not getting results. Actually, you are. Mm -hmm. Relationships and trust lead to so much faster results. 
And so it's worth the strategic thinking and the space in your day, the space in your thinking, the elbow room, the space you're allowing for relationship to be in the mix, not just results.